Let's look here in Ephesians 2, verse 11. We're just going to read a couple of verses this morning. If you're able and willing, would you stand with us out of respect to the Word of the Lord? Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 11. I sure have enjoyed being here this morning. I've enjoyed this book we've been studying on Sunday mornings. Pray that God would bless the Word of God this morning. The Bible says, Wherefore, remember that ye being in times past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time you are without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, there's another one of those buts, but now, in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your spirit that's here this morning. Father, I pray you'd help me and touch me, Lord. Lord, what a, what a horrible thing, Lord, it'd be for me to stand and preach and not get help from you. And I pray, God, you'd help me first. Lord, I, I know this morning that I'm the less of the least of all these that are here. Lord, I do not deserve this opportunity, but I thank you that you've granted unto me. And I pray now that you'd enable me as only you can. Lord, I thank you that you counted me faithful one day and called me into the ministry. Lord, I know that God, when you call us, Lord, you give us all that we need to fulfill that calling. And I pray now you give me a fresh measure of grace. Lord, the fresh measure of your touch. And I pray that, Lord, you'd anoint me again with that holy oil that only you can. Give me unction, give me liberty, and help me to say the things that you'd have me to say. Help me, Lord, not to say anything you wouldn't have me to say. But I pray, Lord, that I'd preach not with excellency of men's speech or words of wisdom, but I pray I'd do it in the demonstration of the Spirit and the power of God. And I pray that sinners might be convicted, the children of God might be helped, and we might all leave with our hands raised saying it was good to be in the house of the Lord. We love you today, and I thank you again for this chance, this opportunity to stand between these men and women, these boys and girls, and point them to the cross. And I pray that I would now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. You can be seated. In verse number 13, the Bible says, but now I thought about just using the same title as chapter as I did last week, because here we got it again. Another one of those heavenly conjunctions. In chapter 2 and verse number uh, 4, for those that weren't here last night, last week, it says, But God, who is rich in mercy, and last Sunday morning and Sunday night, we preached on when God but sin. Amen. Aren't you glad that the Lord butts into our lives? And uh, you know, there's a show, I, I've watched it uh, from time to time, it talks about interventions. And it talks about people that are on drugs or maybe they're alcoholics and their family member, they set it up and they have, uh, they, they, inter they try to intervene. And what they're trying to do is, they're trying to uh, keep that person from ruining their life, but for, from destroying their life. And more times than not, those don't work. And, uh, if you'll th and, and, and if you'll if you'll follow it up, you'll find that I believe I read a statistic the other day. They said that uh, ninety percent, I believe it is, of meth users after after rehab and after treatment, they go back to using. But I want to tell you something. The Lord's got a hundred percent success rate when He butts in the people's life. Amen. And now in chapter 2 and verse number four, 13, we see it again. 
He said, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. This morning I want to preach on those last three words, the blood of Christ. Now in chapter 1, I preached on through His blood in verse number 17, where it says, in whom, uh, verse number 7, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. And I've tried to come up with better titles, but you know what the Lord told me? There's no better title than the blood of Christ. Amen. I want you to know this morning that we're a blood-bought people. The only reason we're here is because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Now I want to preface everything I say this morning. This week I've been watching a lot of old or listening to a lot of old African-American preachers on the sermon audio. Uh, F.D. Sampson and E.V. Hill and some of those men. So if I break out in a zoom zoom or I mean I like it. I don't know how they call it hooping. I didn't even know. I watched a whole video of F.D. Sampson teaching on how to hoop. I thought hooping is what you did out here on the basketball court. Uh, but anyhow, so if I get to hooping here in a little while, y'all just hold on. Amen. I like that type of preaching. I don't know, maybe you don't, but I like it. I like to, uh, you know, somebody, when they preach, they got some soul about it. So that, it sure beats the mess of some man sitting up here like this, reading out of a commentary. That's Sam dearly my life, and it's such a mess to be. Anyhow, so if I get to hooping and hollering, y'all just hoop and holler with me. Amen. Uh, but anyhow, the blood of Christ, I... I thought about this, and uh, uh, as a way of introduction, I want you for a moment to use your imagination, if you still have one, uh, and think about what we would be and where we would be without the blood of Christ. You ever think about how life would be without certain people? You ever think about your parents? You ever think about your kids? Y'all think about it, it makes you appreciate them more. Husbands, you ever think about life without your wife? Y'all think about it and appreciate her a little more. Uh, wives, you ever think about what it'd be without us fine husbands that you have? I mean, us men of honor that you've, anyhow, I'm joking. But I want you to know that I can do without anyone but the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm not trying to downplay those people in my life. But a man can have a good wife and he can have a good home and he can have children. He can have a job. He can have a career. He can have all those things and die and go to hell and spend forever. But without the blood of Christ, I thought about that. And uh, the first thing I want to say is if it weren't for the blood of Christ, we would be under the condemnation of the penalty of our sins. I don't know any worse feeling than that of guilt. Of guilt. I mean, listen, I, I, I joke a lot, and my wife, I, I, I do, and I, I know I kid certain people a lot, pick on members and all that, but um, I, deep down in my heart, my wife will tell you I love people. I really do. And, and when I love you, I'm, not, I, I, I'm just using this as an illustration. When I love you, I really love you. I'm talking about, listen, I'll go to war with you. I'll go to jail with you. I mean, I'll go fight. I mean, it's whatever you, I mean, I will. Uh, but on the same side, if I don't like you, I really don't like you. But anyhow, we won't dwell on that. But there's been a few times where I've hurt people that I really love. And I mean, not on purpose, but you know, we've all... You know what I'm talking about. Have you ever hurt somebody on accident? I know, Brother David, as long as you pastored, it happens. 
You say something you shouldn't say in a moment of, of, of irritation or frustration. And oh, the guilt. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? That feeling that, oh my goodness. Yeah. It's kind of like when I was a little boy, I was at the hospital daycare before I got expelled. And my mom put us there. I'm serious. I got expelled from the hospital daycare. Got barred from it. They had my, they had my picture on the door. Do not allow him to enter. And uh, the last straw was, um, I'm, I mean, it's funny how these things, I still feel guilt to this day. I told this before, but it bears repeating. Brother David, we was on the playground having a rock fight. Real smart, you know. A rock fight is this. One team gets on one side of the playground. The other team gets on the other side and you throw rocks at each other. I've always been known to go over and above and beyond, you know. I try to go exceedingly above and beyond all anyone can ever ask or think. And so when it comes to the rock throwing, I said, I'm going to get a bigger rock. I mean, we normally throw them little rocks. So this particular day, I got some of them good, look like arrowheads. You know what I'm talking about? Them ones you can throw and them things will curve if you want and they'll slice. And, and I'm, we're chunking rocks. Me and my buddy Juju was next to me. And, and man, we was chunking. I'll never forget it. And all of a sudden, I picked up this rock. I said, oh, this is going to be a good one. I ran back as hard as I could. And I found that rock and it was like slow motion. It was like watching the Matrix. It was just, the stone just kept turning in there. And this girl, named Erin. I'll never forget her. name was Erin. She was over there. Why would a girl get in the middle of a rock fight to begin with? I don't know. But Brother Justin, I'm telling you, the moment I let that go, she stood up to throw a rock and that rock I threw, it stuck right there to her head. And I'm talking about I knew I was done. I'm telling you, I knew I was done. It, I mean, seriously, I got to crying. I thought, oh, I killed her. <laughs> We just watched that movie, Ernest Goes to Jail. And I thought, man, I'm going to be in the electric chair. In Georgia, they got an electric chair. And I thought, oh, God, I'm dead. And I mean, blood was just running down her face. That woman that runs the daycare, instead of checking on air, she, she commenced to cussing me. I'm talking about using words. that We didn't have cable TV. I never heard words like that. Caught, had me by my neck, dragging me. Long story short, me and Aaron, that girl, went to school together. We went to Gainesville Middle School, Gainesville High School, and she had a scar, Brother uh, Kevin, right there, just a little scar. And every time, I want you to know, every time I saw that scar, it made me feel guilty all over again. But without, uh, now I'm using that as an illustration of a spiritual truth, and by the way, Jesus did that all the time. That's what a parable is. It's better me to use my mistakes to illustrate than to use yours. Amen. We could do that if y'all want to, but anyhow. But you know, the same can be said about the lost sinner. When you're lost, you're constantly under that guilt of sin. You're always being reminded of things you've done, things you've said, people you've hurt, things you didn't do. But listen, without the blood of Christ, we would all still be under that condemnation. Without the blood of Christ, we'd also be under the obligation to pay. It's a wonderful feeling to not know anybody. Ain't it? I mean, look. And I know most I'm not saying, I know some people, they're, 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 I mean, they drink everything that old, um, what's his name? Y'all know what I'm talking about? The money man. What's his name? He does all that. Dave Ramsey. Y'all just, I mean, y'all believe that more you do the John 3.16, but... But Dave Ramsey's got two lake houses on 10-4 Lake in Tennessee. I'm talking about bigger than this whole property. It's easy for him to tell you you don't need to borrow money when he's stacked it. But anyhow, everybody, I know people, but don't it feel good when you make that last payment? Boy, don't it feel good. 
We just paid off Kim's van. And it felt so good to pay that thing off. And I took it down there to Honda the other day. Boy, you want to talk about having a powwow. We had a powwow at, my, at Mary. I buy my cars out of state. That way I can act like a, a, you know, a fool and nobody will find out. But anyhow, I'm just kidding. But I took her. Her warranty's about, man, I'm so off subject. But anyhow, it'll be all right. I got four, 20 minutes to correct it. But anyhow, according to the Baptist uh, creed, you know, 12 o'clock, got to get out of church. But we've had a couple of, you know how it is with cars. You got these little things. And, but her warranty, we bought extended warranty. And, and it's about, she's like 3,000 miles. That thing's over. So I said, hey, I'm going to get it all fixed. You know, take it down there. I called them. I said, this is what's wrong. This is what's wrong. I need to bring it. They said, bring it down here. I got down there and, and I mean, it's like eight, eight o'clock in the morning. I've been coon hunting all night. So that was problem number one. I mean, I was cooned over, you know, and I walked in there and I'm sitting there and, and the service manager, he comes out. There's three or four people there and, and, and they did it to every person that come in. They come in and say, sir, your cabin air filter needs to be replaced. And they probably got a whole big dustpan back there. They throw it on there before they bring it out. And he said, we can do it for $50. It'll only cost you $50. And I, he got one or two in a row. And about the third one, I said, hey, buddy. I said, I'm not trying to interrupt, but you can buy those for $15 all day long at Napa. And I said, it takes two minutes to replace. I said, and that service manager looked at me. I said, look, I know y'all ain't got no cars to sell out here, but you ain't got to rob people. And, they, and, and then, long story short, they, we ended up going, I, I left there without paying a dime of what they want. But anyhow, the sales, I forgot to tell Kim, the salesman come out. I knew what he was going to do before he come out. I knew what he was going to do. Mr. Martin, may I have a word with you? I said, sure. He said, boy, you, you know, we're, we're really, there's a hot market right now for vans like your van and low miles and been well maintained. And we'd like to do it, work a deal with you today. And I said, I don't want no deal. I said, we just paid it off. I don't want to be on. He said, but listen, he, and, and he kept on and on. And, and so I, I done thought about it. I just threw a note. I said, all right, you do this and I'll do that. And he looked at me and said, no. I said, you're not offering no deals, are you? I said, what you want me to do is sign them papers and go on another 60 months of having to pay. I said, I ain't doing it. We're going to drive this. We didn't buy a Honda to trade it in. We bought it to drive it till the wheels fall off. And when the wheels fall off, put them back on. Amen. Amen. Y'all make fun of these Japanese cars all you want, but while y'all aren't the dude, they just keep on going. Amen, Brother Dave. Brother Dave makes fun of my Toyota all the time, but hey, guess what? They just still running like brand new. I'm saying this, Drew, that there's a debt that we could not pay. Without the blood of Christ, there would be no atonement. There would be no remission. There would be no payment for our sin. The wages of sin is death, and we were debtors to God. We were debtors to the law. And without the blood this morning, we'd have a debt that we had no means to pay. Without the blood, we'd be under the damnation to a place called hell. The only thing between us and hell is the blood of Jesus Christ. Look in verse 11. I know I've been a little here and there, but I'm going to try to get here and read a little, explain a little, apply a little, and we'll go home. Verse 11. I'm going to talk about this for a moment about the blood of Christ and what we have because of the blood of Christ. Verse 11, he says this, Wherefore, remember that ye being in times past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made 
by hands. Look in verse 11 when we said in the first part, remember that ye in times past. Now, in chapter number 2 and verse 2, he says, wherein in times past. In verse number 3, he said, we all had our conversation in times past. And then in verse 11, he says it again, wherefore, remember in times past. Now, in verse 1, 2, and 3, he says, you were dead in your trespasses and sins. He says, you did, you were by nature the children of wrath. He said, you walked the court. But now in chapter 11, he's not talking to people individually as sinners. He's talking about where we were corporately as Gentiles. As far as I know, everyone in here is a Gentile, born a Gentile. And, and by the way, in the Jewish mind, the, there were only two people in the world, Jew and Gentile. In the Greek mind, there was only two people, Greek and barbarian. The Greeks thought they were superior to all men because of their language. They said that their language was the language of the gods. There are some Baptist preachers that don't believe in the Bible and believe it's the Word of God that are the same way. They worship the Greek language. They think, but anyhow, it was a great language and God did choose it to write the New Testament in. But the Greeks said that there was two people, the Greek and the barbarian. They called everybody else barbarian. This is why. Because they said when they talked, this is what they said. Bar, bar, bar. That's what it says. It's just dumb language. To the Jew, there was Gentile and Greek, uh, uh, Gentile and Jew. To the, bar to the Greek, it was Greek and barbarian. Romans chapter 1 tells us, though, that the gospel is for the Jew and the Gentile. Amen. For the Greek and the barbarian. Aren't you glad that Jesus came and erased all those barriers and those social barriers and racial barriers and financial barriers? And Paul said, I want you to remember that there was a time where uh, you were a Gentile. Uh, you were uncircumcised in your flesh. He was saying you were marked by your flesh. I want to say first this morning that because of the blood of Christ, the blood, the blood has removed the mark of our past. You say, Brother Martin, what are you saying? I'm no longer a Gentile. Okay, I see some bill. I'm going to read a verse to you, Romans, Galatians 3, 28. He said, oh, yes, you are. The Bible says this. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. Amen. And I want to say this morning that thank God the blood has removed the mark of being a Gentile. Oh, by the way, when the Bible refers to this uncircumcision, we know what it is. The Jews had the circumcision. And, and, and by the way, the circumcision was the seal of the Old Testament covenant. The Old Testament, it was an outward sign of, of the Old Testament Abrahamic covenant that God made with Abraham. Have the Gentiles in the, in the day that we live, the church age, it's circumcision. And by the way, Paul had to deal with this a lot in Acts and, and Galatians. These Jews, they wanted to, for, they called it the concision. They wanted to force Gentiles to be circumcised. They wanted to hold on to that Old Testament law. But Paul said in Colossians 3, Galatians 3, 28, there's no more circumcision and uncircumcision. There's no more bond or free. There's no more Greek or Gentile. 
towards you. There's no more male or female. Amen. Uh, why is that? Because Jesus removed the mark uh, of that of our, our of those racial barriers and those uh, those things that were out of our control. It's gone because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. There's either saved or lost. That's it this morning. Either saved or lost. Which side are you on? Amen. It depends on if you're under the blood or not. And by the way, when God looks through the blood, all of His children look the same. Amen. God don't have any kids He favors above the rest. I feel like I'm His favorite, and you do too. Has anybody noticed that? Amen. But thank God, because of the blood of Jesus Christ, He's removed the mark of our Gentile flesh. After the flood, the sons of, Abraham, of, of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, they went out. They covered the world. We know that God chose Abraham. God blessed Abraham and his seed. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, those Hebrew people, God favored them. And why was that? Because that was the line of Jesus, the Messiah that was going to come. Jesus was born a Jew. You can die it all you want. He was a Jew. He had Jewish, he was a pedigree of the house of David, of the seed of David. He had to be born of the tribe of Judah to fulfill the Old Testament prophecy concerning him where the Bible said the scepter shall never depart out of Judah. That's talking about Jesus. Uh, but listen to me this morning. Uh, Noah's other sons, they went out and they become the Gentiles. If you want to read what they did, read Romans chapter 1 and verse 18 through 32. That describes the Gentile world. The first thing you'll find about the Gentiles is their idolatry. It said they knew God, but they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful. Those Gentiles went out and they become idolaters. And they had many gods. The Jews despised the Gentiles because of all their pagan gods. Brother Bandura was here a couple of weeks ago, our missionary in India. Did he, how many, brother, did he say 300 million? 330 million gods to the Hindu. And, 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 and by the way, America's getting close. I mean, we've got, I mean, I'm just going to let, God, I know you get preaching about everybody's gods. They get real mad. But I want you to know your gods are no different than their gods. They're all little G gods who've got no power to give life and no power. But, but by the way, the Gentiles in Romans 1, 18, it begins with idolatry and it goes to immorality. Those two things are, are, are connected. And they become evil. He talks about them in Romans 1. I'm not going to read it for sake of time, but you can read it in your own time. He talked about men loving men and women loving women. Uh, sodomy is what it's called in the Word of God. Immorality is what it is. Uh, uh, carnality is what it is. Uh, listen, and you can read that, that, that list, but by the way, those were sins that were common among every Gentile nation. They were despised by the Jews, defiled in the flesh, despised by the Jews. He says in verse 11 that were called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. That made by hands is what God's saying is that's man-made. When you get saved, you get something better than man-made. You get something that's God-made. Amen. Amen. 
the sign, the sign of that old covenant, the sign of the Old Testament, Abraham was the circumcision of the flesh. But the sign of New Testament salvation is not anything to do with the flesh. It's the indwelling of the Holy Ghost in the heart. The seal of uh, Ephesians 1.13. Of the, whole, the seal of the Holy Spirit of promise. Amen. Uh, all I'm trying to say is uh, because of the blood of Christ this morning uh, that we have been made one in Jesus Christ and there's no longer the mark of our Gentile past. He's removed the mark. He's removed the mark. When God sees us, He sees us as His own Son because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? Verse 12, the Bible says that at that time, you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in the world. The blood not only has removed the mark. Verse 12, he mentions five things that we were without before we got saved. You ever heard somebody say, I can do without? We all learn to do without. This gas keeps going higher. My wife and I is going to learn to do without cars. We got four kids. They can pedal like the Flintstones. Hey, man. Say, yeah, yeah, but anyhow, that may be considered child abuse. I don't know. I got to read the rule book one more time. But I got a four wheeler and it'd go a long way on two or three gallons of gas. But you and I that were lost before we got, and if you're here and you're lost, you're doing without some things you can't live without. Look in verse number 12. Not only has the blood removed the mark, but the blood has restored those things that were missing. Through the blood of Christ this morning, He has given us back those things that we did not have before. Verse 12, He says that at that time, you were without Christ. Do you remember life without Christ? I do. You see, without Christ... That means that we were without a friend. The Bible says Jesus was a friend of sinners. Amen. The Bible says a, a, a friend loveth at all times. And a brother is born for adversity. The Bible says faithful are the wounds of a friend. The Bible says there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Amen. Listen, before we knew Jesus, before without the blood, we still would be without that friend. Without the, listen, do you remember life without Christ? Do you remember life without His peace and life without His presence and life without His power in your heart? I can remember it. I can remember going to church without Christ. I can remember suffering without Christ. I can remember being made fun of and picked on without Christ. I can remember going to sleep without Christ. I can remember living life without Christ. But thank God, because of the blood of Jesus Christ, He's been that which was missing has filled my heart. We were without Christ, without a friend. Verse 12. We were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. Not only were we without a friend, we were without a family. Aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. If it were not for the blood of Jesus Christ, we'd be like Cain of old, wandering the world, 
with no place to call home. That's what he was saying. Aliens. You, you had no part in the commonwealth. You had no part inside those 12 tribes. You were without a family. But thank God because of the blood of Christ, He's given us a wonderful family. It's called the household of faith. Amen. It's called the family of God that we've been born into. But because it is all because of the blood of Christ. Without a friend, without a family, verse 12, He says that we were strangers from the covenants of promise. We were without a foundation. You know what the foundation of everything the Jews did? It was those covenants. And not just the covenants, but the covenants that carried promises. You know, God, and I could go through it, but we're not for sake of time, but all those covenants carried with them blessings. And what he was saying here is you Gentiles, you uncircumcised, you were without God. You were, you were, you were without a friend. You were without, you were without a family. You were strangers, aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. But he said you were strangers to the covenants of promise. What he meant was we had no claim to those covenants. We had no, we had no foundation. We had nowhere to rest our feet on. We had nowhere how to stand upon. But thank God, how because of the blood of Christ this morning, how we've got a better covenant, amen, how that's built on better promises and it carries better blessings than the covenant of Abraham. Hebrews 13, 20, Now the God of peace and brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Without the blood, without the blood, there was no foundation, but now the blood has restored that which was missing. We've got a foundation that we can stand on. Amen. The Bible says the foundation of the Lord standeth sure. The Lord knoweth them that are his. Amen. Y'all are going to sleep and y'all it may cause 105 degrees, but I don't care. I'm just going to preach till you wake up or you die. One or two. Because, hey, amen, I'm burning up myself. I'm going to take my coat off now. This beautiful Georgia jacket I got on this morning. I'm going to put it inside out for Brother Hunter so he can gaze upon it and stare at it. But I want you to know this morning, I thank God for the blood. Yeah. The reason I thank God for the blood is the blood gave me back all that I was missing in my life. I had a good home. I had a good mama, I had a good daddy, I had a good family, but I was missing something that was down in the depths of my heart. But because of the blood of Christ, those things that were missing have been restored. Amen. Amen. I ain't standing on my feelings. If I if I base my salvation on my feelings, I'll just be honest, I'll be lost more than I'd be saved. I ain't basing it on tradition. I ain't basing it on a preacher baptizing me. I ain't basing it on the church roll book. <sighs> By the way, all them church roll books, they're going to burn up yep. one day with the rest of this world too. <laughs> I'm basing it on the blood of Jesus Christ. The old song says, On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is seeking sand. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> How firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in His excellent word. What more can we say than to you He has said? Ye who to Jesus for refuge have fled. I thank the Lord that I've got a foundation now. I can build my family. I can build my life on the blood of Jesus. Hey, hey. Without a family, without a foundation, 
Verse 12, he says, we're without hope. We're without a future. That word hope there means anticipation. What is being implied here is before we met Jesus, we had nothing to look forward to. Isn't life terrible when you don't have nothing to look forward to? Amen. And in life a whole lot better when you got something to look forward to? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Whether it's a vacation or whether it's something, payday or something, I mean, Friday, amen. I mean, everybody yesterday was open the morning of gun season. I mean, it sounded like Vietnam around here. I told my wife, I said, honey, do not run. Please don't run. I've got it. That's her, that's her drug. She's addicted to running. She's been, that's, I guess it's a better thing to be addicted to than honey buns. But anyhow, she, yeah, and I said, please don't run on the road. These idiots are out here and they're blood hungry and they're going to shoot anything they see that move. They're pulling the trigger. I mean, they're going to fire. I'm not trying to offend no deer hunters. Or, uh, we've got some visiting with us. I don't want to fear y'all, offend y'all. So she just ran around the parking lot. And I know she hated every second of that. But I mean, it sounded like World War II. I mean, it's just... I thought, man, don't y'all know there's an ammo? We need to keep all this ammo. We, we, for, and can't, but I'll be honest with you. The way they were shooting around here, I don't want to be fine with none of these fellas. We'll lose if they're the one. But anyhow, but anyhow... You know why they were so excited? Because they had been looking forward to that Saturday for the last 12 months. They've been on YouTube watching Michael Waddell and they've been on Facebook telling everybody in Western Kentucky deer hunters about the deers they've seen and they say, oh, here's stickers. We've been watching him for three years. Oh, and then here's old Oreo. Here, I mean, I, they named their deer. Isn't that kind of sadistic to name something you're going to blow its head off? I mean, that's just, I don't know about that, but I don't know, Brother Mark, if y'all name y'all's deers or not, but, but they do. And everybody Everybody's been looking forward. Everybody's been looking forward to deer season. I look forward to two weeks from now when it goes out. But Drew, what he said is we didn't have anything to look forward to. We were without hope. Without hope. No wonder Jesus said, what did it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? We're without hope. Nothing to anticipate. All we had to look forward to at the end of our Christless life was a Christless eternity. But now because of the blood, He's given us a future. We have hope through the blood of Jesus Christ. Verse 12, He says, without hope and without God. We're without a Father. Without God in the world. The only thing worse than being in this world is being in this world without God. It's hard with God. It's impossible without God. The blood has made us the children of God. The only claim we have to God is the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. Verse 13, and I'm done. I don't know if I've hooped yet or not, but I've been wanting to. I'm going to have to practice a little bit more on Brother Justin. It's all about, they got this chart. You got to go, anyhow, I'm trying to figure it out. But but now, y'all y'all know what hooping, y'all know what I'm talking about? I mean, I've been practicing hard, but 
But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Because of the blood of Christ, he's removed the mark of being a Gentile, uncircumcised. Because of the blood of Christ, he's restored what was missing in our lives. We were without Christ. We were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But because of the blood, that's all been took care of. But now in Christ Jesus, you were sometimes were far off, have been made nigh by the blood of Christ. We see that there's, because of the blood, we've been reconciled to our maker. You know, the prodigal son, I believe, Luke 15, my opinion, is the greatest evangelistic portion of Scripture in the Word of God for the lost. But you know the difference between the lost sinner and the prodigal that the lost, the prodigal could find his way home. But we were in a worse shape because we didn't even know where home was. I love reading that story. I love reading about, the Bible says here that you who were not, you were far off or may die. You remember the, the prodigal is in the far country. I mean, a far way away from his father. And he was sitting down there in the, in the pig pen and the hog pen and eating after the swine. And the Bible said he came to himself and he said, oh my, the servants at my father's house have it better than I. And he, and he got up and he walked down. I say it every time I mention it, but I like it anyway. He, 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 Dropped the pail, he jumped the rail, and he hit the trail, and he come home. I know y'all think that's not, I like it. As long, every time I hear that, I think about Billy, Billy Kelly. He said it every time. He'd preach on the prodigal son. But he come home, and the Bible says while he was away off, while he was far off, he said the father, he ran out to meet him. Amen. Put his arms around him and kissed him and said, my son that was lost is found. I want you to know what happened 2,000 years ago. Jesus Christ come from heaven and he come to the far country and on the cross you know what that was that was God I'm putting his arms around sinners I'm saying I'm, I'm going to save you I'm going I'm to die for you verse 13 he says but now it's a, it's a present thing we're not waiting to find out we're not holding we're not hoping so we know so you were sometimes far off from made nigh by the blood of Christ. We were at enmity with God because of our sinfulness. We were on the wrong side of God. In fact, we was in war with God. Jesus walked down and reconciled us. Brother Aaron made a profound statement in Sunday school. Nobody really caught it, I don't think. But he said this. He said, it's much easier to make an enemy than it is to restore a friend. Reconciliation is not easy. And it's a, it, takes, it takes a miracle, really. But that's what exactly happened on the cross. Jesus, old Job said, oh, that there was a daysman betwixt us 
He, Job said, I wish there was somebody who could understand me and could understand God. I wish there was somebody who could reach out and, and know how I feel, but at the same time know how God feels. What Job didn't realize is there was a day's man. His name was Jesus Christ. And on the cross, he reached out with one hand and got a hold. That's why there's but one mediator between God and man. And it ain't Mary. Mary didn't die on the cross for my sins. It ain't the priest. The priest stand down the cross my sin it ain't the Pope there's one mediator between God there's just one person who can reach out and understand God but at the same time understand me and at the cross he reconciled us both together this past week was we recognized remember our veterans those that serve in our armed forces and we owe them people an insurmountable debt for what they've done for us but I was reading some stories, war stories, and I love reading those war stories. Different things that those soldiers observed. And Brother David, I was reading this one particular one, and it reminded me of this, this uh, sermon this morning. And all preachers, I'm all, the, I'm all the time studying. Every time I read, I'm always looking, and this just popped out to me, so y'all listen. They were, in a, and they were in the middle of a heated conflict in World War II. They said the Germans and the and the, the 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 enemy was on one side of this battlefield, and then then the Allies, the United States troops, and their allies, they were on the other side, and it was right next to a village where they was fighting. They was fighting in this field, and the bullets were flying. And, all, and, and, and by the way, when they come in, they, they'd tell them, y'all better get inside. You better lock the doors because the lead's about to be flying. The boy, it's about to be. And so they'd tell the, 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 those people in those towns would go down in their basements and they'd hide in storm you know, cellars and things like that. But this, this, this particular day, they're fighting and the bullets are flying. And I mean, it's war. I mean, it's war. And, 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 and if you, in case you didn't know, war's ugly and, and war, war's nasty. It's nasty. Brother Justin, they said that it somehow, someway, there's a little three-year-old girl that had got out of her house. And, and her mom didn't know about it. She had gotten out of her house. And they said this little three-year-old girl, you know how little kids are? They hear guns going off. And what are they going to do? They're going to go towards it, not away from it. And this little girl come walking out, and she walked right out in the middle of that battlefield. Bullets flying everywhere. And they said that one of those U.S. troops saw her and started hollering out, cease fire, cease fire, cease fire. And all those Americans, they stopped. And at the same time, on the other side, one of them Germans had seen her. And I don't, I don't know how to say cease fire in German, like Kuhnstein, Gleichstein, or something like that. But they said cease fire. I mean, I just spoke in tongues. I guess we need a translator. But, but you know what I meant? They said uh, cease fire. And the Germans, they withdraw, withdrew their weapons. And the Allies, they withdrew their weapons. And they said that those enemies stood there in silence. And watched, they said that little girl just danced right across the battlefield. And, walked, and, and the man said this. He said what the generals and the dictators and the presidents and the Congress and all the political powers in the world could not do, that little three-year-old girl did. Yeah. He said she brought peace to the battlefield. You know what happened 2,000 years ago? Yeah. It wasn't a three-year-old girl. But it was a 33 and a half year old man. Yeah. He walked down the battlefield. You see, we were the enemy of God. 
God. We were on one side with the devil by and he was fighting with us and God was on the other side. But the Lord Jesus Christ walked down in between us and God. And on the cross, listen to me, on the cross, he settled it all. He made peace with God on our behalf. And listen, because of his blood this morning, we've been made one with God and been drawn back to God.